Hello, everyone. Welcome to Simply Reflecting. I'm your host, Dutch, and I'm so glad that you're here joining us for yet another episode. Oh my goodness, if it's your first time, welcome in. A little rundown of how the show will go because, you know, I like to be prepared for everything. So to prepare you for what's to come, we do a little reflection section, highs and lows, of course, listener responses, and then at the end, we'll do our advice column, which is my favorite part. So with all of that being said, I am so excited. Let's get into this week's reflection. This week, we're reflecting on something that I have been thinking about a lot lately, and that's being embarrassed. Now, I am no stranger to embarrassing moments or feeling embarrassed, right? And I know there are a lot of thoughts up around being embarrassed or feeling embarrassed. It's like, you shouldn't feel that way, or don't be embarrassed, or that it's like a bad feeling to have. And for me, I don't really know if it's like a bad feeling to have. You know, all feelings, I feel like, are neutral to an extent, but for me, like, I get so much more embarrassed about the smaller moments than I do the big moments of embarrassment. And that's really what I've been thinking a lot about lately, right? So when I say like a small moment of embarrassment versus like a big one, what I'm talking about is like a small moment could be me at the dry cleaner yesterday and today. I had no idea what I was doing, right? I walked in. I don't ever go to the dry cleaner. So it was my first time. I had no idea what to expect. I walked in. The person behind the counter just says to me, last name. And so I say to them, oh, it's my first time. To which they say again, last name. So I'm thinking, well, maybe they didn't hear me. So I say again, it's my first time. To which they respond, yeah, last name. So clearly I was supposed to give them my last name because we were like setting up a profile or whatever. But I didn't know that. I was feeling embarrassed. I was already a little nervous about going in, right? And then today I went back to pick up my clothes because yesterday, they said come back today but they didn't tell me like a time or anything to come back right so I came back at like 4 30 or something and I hand them my little ticket and they're like five o'clock and I was like what and they were like five o'clock and I was like five o'clock and they were like five o'clock is when it's ready it's not ready yet and I was like oh and they're like pointing at the ticket right so anyway I have to like walk out the store because it's not going to be ready for like another 30 minutes I got back up to my apartment and when I tell you the level of embarrassment that I felt it was like that embarrassment that starts underneath your cheekbones you know what I'm talking about like <laughs> it was so intense and I was alone in my apartment and nobody else witnessed that moment except for me and the person who was working behind the counter at the dry cleaner and it really wasn't like a big embarrassing moment but I felt so deeply about it, right? Like, I don't know how to describe it. It really changed my emotional state. And I don't know what it is about small moments of embarrassment, because again, this was not a big, nobody else saw it. It wasn't like a big deal versus like a giant embarrassing moment, which like everybody sees, like you slip and fall or something in front of like a hundred people. Like there's something about slipping and falling in front of a hundred people that I might feel embarrassed about, but I am not like being so mean to myself. Like, I don't feel so much shame. The internal dialogue when I do something like big and embarrassing is not nearly as mean to myself as when I do something like small that's embarrassing. I think part of that is because when it's like a small embarrassing thing, I expect myself to be able to do it or I feel like more shame because it is a small thing. Like it's not something that I shouldn't be able to do or yada yada. I don't know. But that's like an example of a smaller embarrassing moment, right? And now before we get too much into that, I do want to give an example of a big embarrassing moment, like one that happens on a slightly larger scale, right? Like one that becomes iconic, right? Those embarrassing moments that truly become iconic. And 
I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories of all time. And it actually didn't happen to me. It happened to my best friend. You know, I call her my life partner, my LP. And I did obviously get permission before sharing this. I would never share somebody else's embarrassing story without their permission, right? But this happened our senior year of college. And we had been on dance team all four years. We were dance majors. And in the fall, the dance team would put on like an annual dance benefit show situation where like all of us would choreograph different dances and it would raise money and people would come and watch us. And if you were a senior, you typically like did a solo since it was your last year, right? So we were in the middle of the show and I was doing sound and lights with one of our other really good friends, Carissa. And so we were doing the sound and lights and up on stage was a duet. These like junior girls were doing a duet. So lights come down, they come walk out on the stage and the lights go up. And on the stage is the duet front and center, right? And also on the stage, stage left in the upper corner is my LP standing there in what I know to be as the starting position for her solo because I've seen her solo, you know, like in rehearsal and stuff like that. And she is standing there in position, ready to dance. Now, mind you, it is not her turn. She is next. It is currently the duet's turn and they are both on stage and we are playing the duet music, right? And my LP is up in that corner holding that pose. And now this is where, important detail, the pose she's holding has her looking down at the floor. She was in like a side lunge, head down, arm draped over the head was the pose, right? And so she couldn't see that the duet was on stage dancing. All she knew was that the lights came up and they were playing the wrong music. And, you know, if you have any like performance training or like dance background, right, you know, you just like commit to it, right? So like she's up there holding this pose, lights come up, here's the wrong music. She knows that me and Carissa are doing lights and sound. So she's like, okay, like they know what my solo music is. They're going to, you know, like they'll stop the track, the lights will come back down and they'll make sure that like the right music plays, right? But again, it wasn't her turn to like perform. It was supposed to be the duet right now. So we just kept playing the music because the duet needed to perform. So she held this position. I'm not kidding you, 30, 40 seconds. And then finally, you know, she was probably like, okay, why are they still playing the wrong music? So she looks up and I will never forget. I was like, the way the stage was set up, it was like a little weird. Like I wasn't actually like backstage. We were like in front of the stage because of where the sounds and lights were. So it wasn't like we could whisper to her, like come off the stage. Like there was no way for us to contact her unless we literally interrupted the duet that was like going on. So 30 seconds in, she looks up and I I had tears like streaming down my face and she realizes that it's not her turn. She just stood up and she just walked off the stage, right? And it was iconic. It was amazing. And then of course, like the duet finishes, they take their bow, they leave the stage, the music, she comes on for what is her solo, the lights came up, the right music was on, everybody went wild. It was like, you know, clapping, cheering, the whole thing. But it was such an amazing moment. And it was could be perceived as like so embarrassing. Oh my God, I walked on for the wrong solo. Like I can't, or the wrong performance. Like I stood there, like you know, up in the corner, like a statue while these people dance. And then I just had to walk off and then I had to walk back on. But honestly, like, I, and I'm speaking for her only because we have talked about this moment so many times at length. But like, I know at the end of the day, she really wasn't embarrassed. At least I don't think she was. Like it was 
iconic. There's no other way. To, it wasn't embarrassing. It was iconic. And so when I talk about these like big embarrassing moments, like that's what I mean. They almost in a way become iconic. And I find for myself, like the internal negative self-talk, like it's not there because I'm just viewing it as like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing, right? Like, oh, like I'm finding the humor in it. I don't typically, if I say out loud, like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing. Do I feel like shame or incompetent about the moment? Like I'm just recognizing it as a moment that is just like, oy vey, that was so embarrassing, right? And so I've been trying in these smaller moments where I get embarrassed to bring in some of that energy, right? Because again, when I left out that dry cleaner, I felt so much shame. I felt so small. I felt so the negative self-talk, it was so there. So something that I've been trying to do when I get embarrassed in those like smaller moments that I've been trying to bring in is I say to myself, small embarrassment. That's literally, it's not life-changing. It's two words, small embarrassment. But when I say that to myself, I'm like, okay, this is a small embarrassment. It helps give me some perspective. It helps remind me of like larger, quote unquote, embarrassing moments that become iconic. And helps me find the humor in it, helps me remember it's not that serious, helps me not to like talk down to myself and speak unkindly to myself and feel incompetent. So that's just something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and trying to work on. And it reminds me so much of this other thing that I have been doing for years. And it started in college again. I was coming home. I was flying home. I think it was like my sophomore year of college. And I was on a plane, I was in like the aisle seat and somebody like my age was coming to sit in the window seat and she put her bag in the overhead bin and then she went to go like sit in the window seat. And you know how you kind of got to like duck to get into the seat? So she ducked and of course she hit her head like on the overhead bins because that always happens. And that's exactly what she said. She hit her head on the bin and she didn't like act embarrassed about it. She wasn't like, oh my goodness, like nothing like that. She literally in the most monotone, like detached, just so over it voice just went always and then sat down. When I tell you that moment changed my life, right? Like, so now like anytime something like that happens, like I hit my head on an overhead bin or I get the wrong order or something like that, I just go always, always and like it doesn't always work (laughs) always work for like the dry cleaning moment right because I never been to the dry cleaner before so that's not really like an always moment because what I always mess up at the dry cleaner no but like I love that and I just want to throw that in there because I feel like this idea of saying to yourself like okay small embarrassment like to remind yourself of like that it's not as serious and all those things that I said right is kind of similar energy to always. So that's my reflection, my brief reflection on being embarrassed and how I really don't think it's a bad thing to be embarrassed right, or to feel embarrassment. Because again, I think there's a difference between like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing versus like, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. I can't do anything. I'm incompetent, right? That is obviously not kind towards yourself. And we don't want to really exist in that space or plane. But hopefully this helps. It's helping me. Maybe I'm totally alone in this. And Nobody else is like that, but I do think that other people might be like that because explain why, like, people get, like, so, um, like, frustrated over small things. That's another thing. That's another thing. Embarrassing things and anger. Like, I am not really the type of person who gets angry when I get embarrassed. Like, it's just not something I do. But it is something that a lot of people or some people do sometimes, right? Like, you ever notice, like, somebody does something, like, small, like, do something wrong or I don't know, mess up at the dry cleaner, right? And then all of a sudden they get like so mad and it's like this 
has this, the, the level of anger here is not correlating to the situation, right? Like what's going on? I think they're feeling little embarrassment, right? And that's what's going on for them. So maybe they could start to incorporate this amazing thing, not amazing, but you know, this thing that I've started saying to myself, it might help. I don't know. So anyway, that's this week's reflection on feeling and being embarrassed and something I've been thinking a lot about. I hope that made sense. I always get through these talks and I'm like, Dear God, did that make any sense? Because at least when you're having a conversation with a friend, they're nodding. They're showing you that, you know, that active listening or they're like, what you said doesn't make sense at all. So, you know, I'm sort of speaking into a void here. It's really strange. I'm still getting used to it. But anyway, I hope that made sense. So that is this week's reflection. Now, of course, we have to jump into the highs and the lows for this week. And I just got to, I got to get into my first low. I know I'm starting with a low, not a high, but I got to get to it. Wrong food orders. I think I said this like two minutes ago. I have been plagued, plagued by the wrong food orders. I didn't, I think I told the sty story about the wrong sandwich from Panera like two weeks ago, right? So last night I was just, I was in a funk. I was, well, clearly I was in a funk. I just had the dry cleaning situation and that was really affecting me, but I had moved forward from that. And I was just, I did not want to cook. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do nothing. I was feeling a lot of feelings and I was like, but you got to eat, you got to eat. So I saw that Popeye's had a new grilled chicken sandwich. And I was like, I am really feeling like a grilled chicken sandwich. Let me go get that. And because, you know, I don't mind a fried chicken sandwich, but I really do have to say, I think I prefer a grilled chicken sandwich, not like a dry grilled chicken sandwich, but like, I do think I like a grilled chicken sandwich more than a fried chicken sandwich, which is weird for me to say, I feel like, but honestly, this is totally going off the rails, but I have a thing with fried food, I have to say. I love the idea of a fried food, like, oh my God, fried Oreos, French fries, fried fish, fried chicken, donuts, fried, I don't know, name something fried. In my mind, I'm like, oh, yes. But I just don't, me and fried food, it's not, it's not, it's like me and geometry. It doesn't click. Anytime afterwards I eat it, I'm like, oh, I just feel like one big oil. Like, you know, that. <laughs> that's this thing that I say that me and my partner say, we, we call it one big insert, the thing. So like after we've eaten, like let's say we had a bunch of like nachos or something, and we just feel like way too full. I'll say like, oh, I feel like one big tortilla chip. Or like, you know, you have a bunch of French fries. I feel like one big fry. So anyway, because <laughs> like you, you feel like you embody the food. So that's how I feel like when I eat fried food. That has absolutely positively nothing to do with where I was going with my highs and lows. I am so sorry I went to get a grilled chicken sandwich is what I was trying to say to you. And um, I got there. I did a mobile order. Got there, they were like, you got the sandwich? I said, yes, they gave it to me, walked out, came home, you know where this is going, took it out the bag, put it on the plate, and I literally, physically had to walk away. I I had to, I was like, I was silent. I just, it was me and this sandwich alone in my apartment. It was truly a scene. Um, and I just, I had to walk away. They gave me a fried, not just like a plain fried, <laughs> not just a plain fried chicken sandwich. No, they gave me a spicy fried chicken sandwich with extra like spicy something on there, cheese and some other like dressing that I did not, would never get. I, because I took a bite of it because I was like, okay, well maybe it did not work. So 
That was the second time. And then today, I was down in Chinatown, and I was at Melee Wa, which, you know, I love Melee Wa, but it is popping now. Everybody and their mother goes there, and so I don't often, like, stop because the lines, they just be so long, and you can get similar stuff at other places. And so... I was like, oh, the line wasn't too long. I was like, I'm going to stop, right? So I stop. I get a chicken bun. That's what I get every time, a chicken bun. They hand me this bun. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't think this is a chicken bun, but I walk out the store, and you know where this is going again. It wasn't a chicken bun. It was a pineapple bun. And I should have said something. I could have gone back, but it's a. it was a madhouse in there, like, to go back in, all these tourists, the whole thing. So I was like, whatever, I'm eating a pineapple bun. But, like, I don't know. That's So it's been a low for me. I cannot get the right order no matter what is going on. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so that's been a low. A high for me, though, was, you know, a lot of the summer I spend, like, working out east and at the beach, you know, like that. And so I haven't – I don't spend as much time in the city and I got to spend, like, I was here the whole weekend, and I've been spending, obviously, because school has started back up and all this, like, a lot more time in the city, but this was, like, my first extended weekend in the city, and it was really nice. I love, you know, I grew up, I never left out of the city growing up, like, I stayed the whole summer here, and so, you know, I, I just, I love, I love it here. I, I love this city in the summer. I know some people don't, but I do, and so I really didn't do anything. I just sort of walked around. I just walked around. I got a little iced tea. I got a little, uh, they were doing like honey apple cupcakes for Rosh Hashanah, Shana Tova to anybody who said, you know, hope you have a fabulous new year if you celebrate. Um, so I got like a little honey apple cupcake. It was just like, it was a low key weekend. And I really, really enjoyed my time with all of that. So that was definitely my low is the wrong food orders. And my high was spending some time just walking around the city that I love. All right, so now that we got through our highs and lows, it is, of course, time for listener responses. And this is to, like, a question that I asked a few episodes ago, and we didn't get to do it last episode, but I'm going to ask a question again this episode for next episode. And I just wanted to say I do read everyone's messages. I love seeing everyone's messages and voicemails, and I read them all, listen to them all. I'm working on responding to them all, but I do read them all, and I love seeing them. So to the question that was from a few episodes ago, which was I wanted to know people's highs and lows, here are some of people's highs. So... Allie got to go to Camelback with her sister and nieces and also went to the Hamptons for her birthday. Love that. Love all the travel. I went to Camelback once growing up. It was a lot of fun. And then somebody else saw the Barbie movie and is going to study abroad in Spain. Well, they were seeing the Barbie movie, I think, with their mom, and it was they were excited to do that. And they were studying abroad in Spain, which I think they're there right now, which that is so amazing and so exciting. I hope you're having a fabulous time. And then somebody else shared that they had their final appointment before their gender affirmation surgery. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you how genuinely excited I am for you. That is so amazing. I'm so, so happy that you get to get the surgery that will help you feel and look and be all that you are and who you are and all of that. So, oh, I'm so excited for you. And then finally, somebody else moved to a new apartment and they get to sit out on their balcony now in their new home. And I love a balcony. I love, I just love a balcony. So love that for you. Love feeling at home in your new space. So those are some of my, some of the highs that were sent in and that I love to share. And next week or next episode or this episode's question for the next episode I want to know if you're with me on this embarrassing thing. Like, am I am I weird for like only feeling feeling more embarrassed about small moments? I don't know. Let me know if you're on that train with me. Also, if you want to share an embarrassing story that's iconic, I 
live for those. I love them. They aren't embarrassing. They're iconic. So if you have a story that you'd be open to sharing, would love to hear that as well. So now that we did our listener responses, it's time, of course, for the final section of the podcast, which is the advice column. And this is where you can send me a text, a voicemail. Let me know something you'd like advice on. You know what I always say? I will try my best, but sometimes the best advice is the worst (laughs) advice. Not a lot of assurance, I know, for somebody who just said, send me questions for advice, but I really will try my best. So this week's question comes from the one and only I'm going to make up a name. You did tell me your name, but I always get nervous if like somebody actually wants their name out there or not. So I always make up a name, you know, protect the innocent. So the name I'm coming up with this week is Daphne. We're going with Daphne. Okay. I had to pause and think about what name I wanted this week. So Daphne is what we're going with. And they wrote in and said, I'm reaching out to gain some of your perspective on a part of my job that's bugged me a little. I'm a medical student. So I rotate through different specialties and practice being a doctor while people who know what they're doing watch and correct me. My performance is mostly measured through subjective feedback. I just got my grades back for a rotation, and across the board, I met expectations, which is considered average. My problem is, I felt I worked really hard on this rotation. I helped out with almost any task my team could think of before they asked. I made sure I got to know my patients really well. I sacrificed a significant amount of time and sleep to do the best that I could. It sucks to hear that all that effort just met expectations expectations. In the end, it's not going to matter. I'm not going into that specialty. I'm going to graduate. But what do you think I can do to not let myself get as bothered when I get evaluations I disagree with? Oh my goodness, Daphne. Okay, well, first of all, I got to give you props because you are doing this medical school thing. Second, I got to give you props because you are really in touch with the emotions that you're feeling going on right now. And that is literally 75, 80% of the battle is just knowing what you're feeling around what's going on. And I just want to take a moment to totally validate, not that you need my validation, but to totally validate your feelings around like, ugh, this sucks. I really worked hard at this. I really thought I was exceeding and doing really good work. And they just told me I am average. I just met the expectations, right? So wanted to acknowledge that that does suck. And that is really hard to hear and see. I have a few thoughts. My first thought, I don't know what the setting is like in medical school. I don't know if this is something you can do. But for me in the past, if I've gotten a grade, then I'm like, what is going on with this grade? I will go talk to the person, not in like a, you need to give me a better grade way or like you, what are you doing? But really in like a, hey, I got this grade. I thought I was doing like way better. I thought, you know, I thought I was doing better. It really is what you thought. And, you know, I'm just trying to understand for you where the grade is coming from, or I'm trying to understand my grade better. That's usually what I say. I'm trying to understand my grade better. Can you provide some insight on why I was just meeting expectations? And if you feel comfortable or there's room for it in the conversation, you know, something also like what else, what, you know, what does exceeding expectations look like for you? Or what does an A look like for you or whatever? Because, you know, you can also do this outside of medical school. I don't know if that's like an option available to you or if that's something you even want to do. Because listen, I've been in situations where I have spoken to the professor and been like, uh, you know, what's going on? Obviously not like that, but have said, like, I'm trying to understand this. And I've been in situations where I've gotten grades in classes that I really worked hard at that did not reflect what I thought I should have gotten or the amount of work that I was putting in. And I, I don't go talk to the professor, right? Like I, now, obviously, 
there's a difference here between like you're really working hard and you're getting all 60s on your test, but you're working really hard and then you still get a 65 at the end of the semester. Like I'm not saying you should then go see the professor and be like, why didn't I get a 95? I just want to clarify that because I know sometimes people think that's what I mean. I mean like if it's a more subjective class like this or a lot of the classes I took in college, they were dance classes, so they were very subjective. And there were some classes where I didn't get the grade I thought based on the amount of work I put in and I didn't go deal with the professor because it just felt like too much work. So if you don't want to go talk to them, 100% stand by that. Also, more importantly than that, though, than like them giving you reasoning for their grades, I think you said it yourself, right? Like you worked incredibly hard. And the challenge always, lifelong, no matter you're in school or not, is knowing your own worth and knowing that your work stand on stands on its own, right? Like there is always going to be somebody who believes you could have done better. There's always going to be somebody who thinks they could do it better or thinks something was wrong with it or right like at the end of the day no matter what the grades are that you get and I know this is so cliche and it's so stupid and I hate hearing this too but at the end of the day no matter what grades you get no matter what they say it's you with the work that you've done and knowing that you did a good job and you tried your best and you did your best work will always hold more weight in the long run for yourself than a grade that they could have given you. And I say this as somebody who (laughs) spent a lot of time working really hard and oftentimes getting low grades because, you know, I was horrible at things like chemistry and, and all that. And I would spend hours studying and still get like a 65. And that sucked. It sucked to still fail tests. But I had to remain really strong in the fact that I knew I was doing my best work. And here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, the external markers, the grades, the person telling you you did a good job or whatever it might be, They are fleeting. They will come. They will go. The internal marker, which is like you knowing you did a good job, will be with you always, no matter what, right? So that is something that I really try to remember. It's so hard to tell yourself you're doing a good job when you don't get a reflection back of that. It really is. I get that. And so I am sending you a giant, well, I was going to say hug, but you know, it's important to ask before you send somebody a hug. So I don't know if that's something that you want. I always teach my preschoolers that, right? Like ask before you give somebody a hug. So instead, I'm going to say I'm sending you love, right? In whatever form you might receive it, I'm sending you love. And I hope that you know that you were simply fabulous. You were doing the thing. You're in medical school. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, my goodness. So proud of you. Also for the clarity that you're having around this situation. So just know that you were absolutely positively fabulous. With that, this episode of Simply Reflecting is complete. Thank you so much for listening. I am so excited at the end of every episode. I'm like, oh, that was awesome. We got to chat. We got to do a thing. And it really fills me with so much joy. And I love hearing from all of you. As you know, the voicemail slash text number is in the description box below. Send me a voicemail, a text. I listen and read them all. I am so, so glad that you chose to stay. And I absolutely, positively cannot wait until we are together again, Simply Reflecting. Thank you.